All right, this week we've got Monday Night Raw, NXT, AEW Dynamite, and Friday Night SmackDown. Then in our time warp, we're going back to 1997. And this week, Ben is not sold on Sold Out. All that and more on the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> Gentlemen, I'm Elio. He's Ben. This is Being Super Christian Wrestling Podcast. Ben, how's it going? I'm good, man. And uh, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, you, you you have a rant you have to sit through this week after I had to sit through Sold Out 97 at your behest because... It might be a hest. Behest. Is that your new word? Well, I, you know, I had to come up with something because I felt like beheading myself after watching Sold Out 97. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, we're going to get into that because I want to know what you thought of that show. Which one was worse? 2097. And we will get into that after we get into our review of the week in wrestling. Very good. All right, so why don't we jump in with Monday Night Raw, Ben? Yes, sir. Uh, let me. Uh, I ha- once again, I have to minimize your face. It's becoming a, a habit. I apologize. Um. I, oh fans, God. Fans, I think he secretly likes to minimize my face because I, I always seem to be in the way. Oh, you see yes, what I did there? You see what I did there? And we seem to be in the way. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> well, clear, clearly, you, clearly, you want to you, you wanna be in partnership with Johnny Gargano and uh, Kansas Lorraine and Austin Theory. Uh, aren't, those your, uh, aren't those your boys? Uh, well, you know, I I am a Johnny Gargano guy, so re- in reality, I wouldn't have a problem with that at all. All right, go ahead. But before we get to the good stuff on Wednesday night, I have to take you through the bullshit. Oh, no. That is Monday Night Raw. Oh, no. Okay, I want to hear this because I have different opinion than you. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god this go on, go on, this, go this was absolutely atrocious this entire show oh, was on. just uh <laughs> go on so so after we get through uh the um, mlk tribute which is always cool uh you know mm-hmm. um off of uh, martin luther king day the uh the um the show begins with a promo by Randy Orton. This was um, great. I like this. Uh, no. What do you mean, no? What did you not like about it? No. Uh, let me get into it. You know. Okay. Very good. Go ahead. So he comes out. Or he's in the. I'm sorry. He's in the back with. With a luchador mask that looks like it's out of no, the was, No, no, was he, was he in the ring? 
Uh, no, he was in the back. He was in the back in in the in, in the ring in which they do the interviews in. Oh, in okay, okay, right, right, okay, okay. They they, they took that okay. from uh, the performance center. Days. Right, right, okay. No, that's why because when you said he was in the back, I'm like, wait, was he in the ring? Okay, and I I get what you're saying. Go on. Right, so, um. He's, he's got this luchador mask that looks like a cross between uh, con- the Conquistadors and Blue Demon Jr. <laughs> but, but, but it's just, um, you know, it's the most basic, weird-looking luchador mask I've ever seen in my entire life. I so think, actually, me. I think that's a fire mask that they use uh, from burn victims. Well, it, well it, whatever it was... And look, look, I'll even give you a, a positive aspect. I'm glad he was wearing a mask. Okay. So that, I mean, that part made sense. Um, especially, especially after the um, fireball attack last week. Okay. Um, you know, but I kind of, I kind of went into detail last week as to why I didn't like the, um, the fireball segments. I yeah, just yeah. Their time has passed in professional wrestling, mm-hmm. um, but um, the, the the other the other part that I didn't like about the promo was was the time, because it it, it took like eleven minutes for this promo to uh, to finish. A little, and, too, a little too long. Yeah, and and here and here's the thing. Like I actually liked what Randy Orton had to say. Mm-hmm. I thought that that part was, was really good. Um, it's just, it didn't have to go 11, 11 minutes. I mean, I could have, he could have had like a very short and impactful promo. Um, just by, just by saying the part about how he doesn't have any compassion anymore. Um, you know, he's wearing the mask to protect himself and us from the horror that is his face. I get all that. That's and that's fine. Um, you know, but just end it there. It doesn't have to go. It doesn't have to go um, to, to eleven minutes, especially, especially the, the part where he's talking about the Royal Rumble and still kind of teasing being in the Rumble, but then possibly facing the Fiend. If he comes back, I didn't think we needed that part because, you know, it kind of, it kind of ruins the fact that I think they're going to bring the Fiend back for Royal Rumble. You know, so it's like I, w- I would have kept the, I would have kept the lid on that and kind of tried to make it more of a surprise thing. Um, okay, yeah, I, I can see how you think it's a long. Yeah, eleven minutes is a little long. Yeah, so not, not like twenty minute promos that they used to cut in the rain. Oh my god. <laughs> well, well, that and that it always feels like a Benadryl. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and tr- and trust me, I I demonstrated my uh, my recliner mechanism on my uh, chair the other uh, the other week and it looked exactly like that. Trust me. Um, when they do the twenty minute thing. Speaking of a shot of Benadryl disguised as a wrestling match, it's Lacey Evans. Oh. Oh 
God. Versus Charlotte. Good fucking God. Oh, this was bad. This was this was atrocious. This was okay, so before this match before this match starts, uh Charlie Caruso is in the back and she has the misfortune of interviewing Lacey Evans and uh, Ric Flair, who have the yeah, I, I felt really bad. I, I felt really bad for her because she had to sell the fact that these two are in a relationship, even though we already covered their forty-one year age that, difference. That, that's that's just, just this whole story is terrible. It's well, it's disturbing. Is what it is, um, and. Um, Lacey calls him a legend. We already know that. Uh, he's the dirtiest player in the game, and he was just living up to his name. We already know that. And she just wants to learn uh, from the greatest man to ever step into the ring. Well, you can do that without without dating a 71-year-old. You, you, you know. And, and this is perfect. You know what I felt like saying to uh, – to Lacey Evans, like uh, after she got finished cutting this disgusting promo, I was like, "Well, you creepy, nasty! I don't need to, uh, you know, I don't need to know what you do in the hotel room after the show with Ric Flair. No one wants to know that, you know." But then, then just when I feel like it can't get any worse than the promo. We have match number one, Charlotte Flair versus Peyton Weiss. Just hit me in the head with Thor's hammer. Just yeah, that's what, that, that, that's, that's what I thought when you said Lacey Evans versus Charlotte Flair. I'm like, wait, uh, Lacey Evans versus Peyton Royce. Oh, yeah, I'm, so, I'm sorry. No, I, and, and I think the reason why I said that at first was because um, – the two of them uh, came out uh, during uh, Charlotte Flair and Peyton Royce's match to distract her. Uh, thank God um, that this that this match ended. Unfortunately, we had to suffer through twelve minutes of this. And and you know we've talked. Um, extensively about the the controversy that surrounds Charlotte Flair, you know, and her being kind of, um, you know, over-spotlighted on the Monday Night Raw roster. Well, actually, throughout her entire WWE run. And, look, I acknowledge that she is a good wrestler, but uh, this match, it was just atrocious. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but every time that these two work together, it it, it, it just doesn't translate well. You talking about Peyton Rice? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, and the same could be said for Lacey Evans as well, but especially Charlotte Flair and uh, Peyton Rice. I, like I said, I think, I think it's a matter of. Uh, talent disparity and when somebody has to wrestle down to somebody else's level um it it just doesn't uh it just doesn't end end up very well and i think that might have been the case here Um, voice does look good i have to say oh my Uh, well yeah yeah. (laughs) she 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 looks good but she can't wrestle and and look 
I'm not trying to be a dick, but it, it, you know, this, the other thing that confuses me, like, as much as I don't like the Iconics, you know, if they were just going to put Peyton Royce back in a tag team, why, why did, did she get aligned with Lacey Evans? Because I thought the entire purpose of breaking her away from Billy Kay. Is a, I don't like that team. Yeah, I because like like I was gonna say, I thought the entire purpose of breaking her away from Billy Kay was to give her a singles push. Uh, this is not a singles push, and so now now you have a double pronged problem because you know not only is Charlotte supposed to be on Raw. Because now she's now she's in this atrocious storyline with Lacey Evans, but she's also on uh, on SmackDown now because because both Charlotte and and Oscar were featured on SmackDown last night. So you know, like, what the hell is going on with this brand split? I you know I thought that. Each brand had their own superstars. Yeah, but uh, they're the tag team champions. Well, you know, and I get, that part makes sense, but I, I don't know about you, Elio, but I couldn't give a single shit about the women's tag team championships. They are equally as irrelevant as the 24-7, piece of piece of shit, throw it in the trash, light it on fire. You know, uh, it's just... I, I, know, I know what to get Ben for his birthday. What's he, that? NC exclusive. He wants the 24-7 championship. Fuck off. <laughs> I, know, I, I, I know you can see me in the camera. Fuck off. But it's just this. This is atrocious, and this yeah, this match didn't go very well. Uh, and then we're gonna skip the the hurt uh, the hurt business segment in the back with uh, oh wait Lashley and Riddle. Oh my god! So that, wait, with the Lashley stepping on Riddle's foot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they, See, this is why this is why Riddle needs to wear shoes because right this this, this was this was part of a segment, but this shit could actually happen in the middle of the ring. And it's it's, a, like, it, it's enough with the with these stupid flip flop whatever he wears to the ring. Wear boots. Yes, well, you know, perhaps perhaps even in the future he'll be wearing a mask right along with his fellow brochachos. The Lucha, you know, the um, Lucha House Party. Okay, that, that was funny, though, when he called them real chachos. That was funny. Come on. Uh, well, yeah, we, uh, we, you got your weekly chuckle out of that last week, so let's avoid that this week. You're my bro, chacho. <laughs> yes, but, yes, but that's because, that's because I'm actually capable of thinking about professional wrestling above a third grade level. Which apparently Bruce fucking Pritchard and Vince and Vince McMahon are not capable of. No, but for real, uh, wasn't it? Uh, wasn't there uh, one match where someone was biting Riddle's foot or something, or was stomping on Riddle's foot? 
I'm sure. I'm sure it's happened once or twice. Uh, no, on on a, on a, I think it was during Survivor Series. I'm like, good. And soon as you write, maybe next time you'll wear boots. I don't. I like I said. I don't remember that specific match, but he too definitely. No, no. I remember. Boots. I remember because it was a when it was a Survivor Series match. I believe he was in there uh, with Team Raw. Good. Oh, oh, he, okay. he he deserves that. Maybe maybe next time he'll wear boots. <laughs> Well, clearly, clearly he didn't get the memo because it happened again, courtesy of Bobby Lashley. Okay, go on. Oh, God. And then Xavier Woods versus Mace. No, I don't care. I, I, nobody in Retribution outside of Mustafa Ali interests me, and everything about Retribution sucks. Now, I, I don't know if you read this uh, Twitter tweet from T-Bar or whatever. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with uh, T-Bar's Twitter. Which one are you referring to? to? Uh, no, towards Randy Orton. He he said the, the offer is still open to join Retribution. Oh, blow me. <laughs> <laughs> that would be terrible. No. <laughs> Make it stop. That's not going to happen. Okay, go on. Go on. God, I was, and then, and then, after this, I, I jerked myself awake from my mid, from my mid show nap. Good God, <laughs> mid show nap. Okay, <laughs> it, was, it was just, it was atrocious. Oh, it was and, then, and then we got, we got Oscar being interviewed by. Hold on, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before that, they had the WrestleMania report. Oh my! Oh my! You didn't like that? No. Oh no. come on! No, 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 no. That wasn't bad. It wasn't that bad. Come on. No, I, I, we've seen the weekend report, and it's called Saturday Night Live. You stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> but what, what do you think about this? WrestleMania 37 is two nights. Uh, 38 and 39 are both one night, apparently. Uh, well, what? They're they're doing the two night thing again because of the of I get the it, yeah. pandemic. We get that, but I think that WrestleMania needs to go to two nights just permanently because uh, eight. I cannot do eight hours. I'm I'm sorry. Eight hours. What's eight hours? Uh, WrestleMania during a regular year. Maybe no, maybe the old ones. But like apparently, I heard that, that they wanna no, they want no. they they wanna end it by 10 p.m. both nights. Well, yeah, but you're missing the point. Oh no, I yeah yeah yeah. If it was all one night, uh, yeah, I get it. No, no, but no, 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 you're you're still missing. Yeah, yes, it was it was shorter last year because. You know, this pandemic had gotten started, but in many years previous to that, you know, as recently as WrestleMania 35, it was eight hours fucking long for years. And yeah, too long. It, it I, was agree. Just, I was falling asleep in my pizza while I was watching it with, with my best friend. Okay. I, you know, I, I can't deal with that. 
So then, um, yeah, Oscar's Oscar being interviewed. Yeah, and and she's addressing the fact that she was invited to Alexa's playground, and I don't really care about this Alexa Alexa's playground segment. I get what they're trying to do, and look, uh, Alexa is doing the best work of her career hands down. Um, she's actually more relevant in this storyline than The Fiend is. Um, but it's just ridiculous. Um, and then, uh, you know, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna see Asuka and Alexa in a, in a match later on this evening. And then... Hold on, I, I, I think... Oscar kind of heard that segment with all the dancing around. Yeah, it was it was it was stupid as fuck. Yeah, hence why I don't care. Speaking of, speaking of I don't care, Mandy Rose versus Shayna Baszler. Ugh. <laughs> why, why does or why does Dana Brooke get any offense in on Shayna? Explain that to me. I don't understand. I'm sorry, did you say Dana Brooke versus Shayna Baszler or Mandy Rose? Uh, 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 I meant Mandy Rose, I'm sorry. I, okay. I, don't, I don't understand how either how either one of these ladies, no disrespect intended towards them whatsoever, but how do they get any offense in on Shayna Baszler whatsoever? I don't get it. Um... So I really couldn't care less. And then, yeah, you, uh, okay, you can't see nothing bad about this next match. AJ Styles and Ricochet. Well, no, the, the match, the match itself was easily the the highlight of of Raw. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but uh, but I do have a deep, deep problem. Oh, okay. A very deep fucking problem. Tell me your problem, my son. I apologize for cursing and confessional. Uh, but... <laughs> but why? Hey, what kind of truth am I running here? <laughs> but prior to this match, um, why were AJ and Ricochet talking about 51st State starring Drew Barrymore? <laughs> this movie came out in 2004 and it fucking sucks. Why? Uh, it, it, it was just a reference. Like, uh, apparently, because. I don't care. Hey, jeez. You'll have to get mad at me. I didn't write the stuff. I didn't write the skit. You'll have to get mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that's my point. Who writes this fucking shit? Nobody cares. Good God. <laughs> and then, so the point of this promo, I guess, is to acknowledge that AJ is a romantic at heart because The Notebook and 51st States are in his top 10 movies of all time. Please tell me what that isn't true, number one. Number two, who gives a fuck? <laughs> Damn. Please help me understand Damn. why this is on my television. You know, like, 
Look, I'm, I'm laughing to keep crying here, but somebody really has to explain to me how I'm supposed to take this seriously on a weekly basis because... <laughs> No, 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 hear me out, because on this one, I'm being very serious. Okay. So, you have you have AJ Styles versus Ricochet. Yeah. Which, in my book, could main event WrestleMania any year ever. Okay. And I'm going to absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. But you have Ricochet in a completely irrelevant position which which in and of itself is an absolute crime against humanity and uh hopefully they do something with him because apparently he signed to through to 2024 well and, and god bless that man because he must have a saintly level of patience because i uh, you know i don't uh, but um but you know i but having said that, like I don't have patience for stupidity because, like I said, I don't have any problem whatsoever with Ricochet versus AJ Styles. You give me that match in any incarnation, I'm going to enjoy it. However, my problem is that Ricochet is irrelevant, so you know he's going to lose – and that's my first problem. My second problem is, you know, as of as of right now, we have only four matches confirmed for the Royal Rumble. We have the two championship matches and the two Rumble matches, and we are, and we're we're eight days out from the pay per view at this point which launches the road to WrestleMania, and yet we have no idea what a talent the caliber of AJ Styles is doing for WrestleMania because he's been in the ring with irrelevant talents such as Elias and Ricochet. And trust me, it burns my fucking bridge. It burns my fucking britches off my ass to call oh. Ricochet. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, go on. <laughs> you, know, you know, but it really bothers me to call Ricochet irrelevant, but it, but he just is. You know, it's just you know I don't understand it. So, um, great match, but at the end of it, completely irrelevant and. And and then we get into the ultimate low light of low lights, ladies and gentlemen. Speaking of burning the bridges off my ass, we have the dirt sheet. Thank you. I I put this as my low light. I, I just don't get it. Uh, you know, first of all. Why in the name of the Lord above wrestling lords or religious lords are we having Gilbert who, who, by the way, I had, you know, uh, the fact that he had a heart attack six weeks ago and is on Monday Night Raw, 
you know, that that's, I mean, good, good for him, but, you know, it's just, so I'm not going to hate on him from that perspective, but it's just. No, but let me see, um, whoever that was that was playing Drew McIntyre, I did not like. No, but, but you see, it's like, okay, I understand that Drew McIntyre has COVID, so you've had to get a little creative with the build to his match, because the, the uh, next week he's, he's scheduled to be on Raw with Bill Goldberg, which will only be their second promo to set up their championship match at the, the Royal Rumble. So don't beat me to the punchline, brother, because I'm getting there. Um, but yeah, I, I, but, I, but I feel no, but I'm saying I feel your pain, but just don't beat me to the punchline. So, um. <clears throat> So I understand that you've had to get a little creative, <laughs> but um, what's with the cosplay here? I don't, I don't get it because one, you're making both Drew McIntyre and Bill Goldberg look stupid. And while I don't have a problem with making Bill Goldberg look stupid because I don't like Bill Goldberg getting championship opportunities in 2021, uh, that's a major fucking problem. But but aside from aside from that, I'm not sure why this um, promo is taking place because all you all you have to do is have Drew McIntyre do a Zoom promo, which sells the match, sell the fact that he's going to confront Bill Goldberg next week on Raw, and you can completely scrap this segment and give it to somebody else. Like, I don't understand how comedy is supposed to sell a WWE championship match. And on top of this segment, we have we have Jeff Jarrett of all motherfucking people pulling over Bill Goldberg earlier in the evening on a on a Zoom call. Why why can't um why can't Drew McIntyre do the same thing and then just spare the fans this in-ring segment of bullshit? I mean, come on! You you you, you got to cut the labor out of some of this bullshit because I, you know, where are we going with this? Mm. You know, like I I understand like like I said I I will reemphasize this again for a third time. I I am not completely stupid. I understand why they're doing it, but it's just it's not necessary. It, when you already had Drew McIntyre cut a, uh, a Zoom promo and you've announced Goldberg for the next show. If you're in a tight, if you're in a tight spot, you wait until Drew McIntyre gets back and you build the match that way. He's the WWE champion, but yet you need to run a comedy segment because you need... You absolutely need to fill this spot with this. Help me. Because, because, look, 
A comedy segment does not help me take Bill Goldberg seriously. Not actually, actually, sidebar real quick, Elio. Uh, Nothing is going to make me take Bill Goldberg seriously in 2021 as a championship contender. It's not going to happen. It's exclusive. uh, even, Even though I do have a deeply rooted fear, and I hope I'm wrong, but... I just have a feeling that Goldberg is going to win the WWE Championship at the Royal Rumble. And uh, if that is the case, and that is a big fat if, um, I'm I'm just going to warn you ahead of time, uh, friends and fans of this show, and Elio, you as well, um, I am going to go the fuck off in a rant the likes of which you have never heard in your life anywhere on the internet regarding professional wrestling. If that ha- if that happens, my rant will will rival the one I gave when Goldberg beat the fiend. Oh, hold on, I'm gonna call the construction workers right now. Well. Well, I think you're going to want to call more than construction workers. I think you're going to want to call a priest. Oh. Um, Wait, I am a priest. <laughs> well, well, you're, you're going you're, you're to gonna need to call uh, How about we, we call an exorcist as well? Yes. I, yes, you're going to need to call all, all your religious friends and all your different disciplines into play here because we're going to need some help. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, after the Royal Rumble, if Bill Goldberg wins the championship, because holy fuck. Oh, okay. But th- yeah, this segment was completely unnecessary. Speaking of of unnecessary, the Hurt Business versus the Lucha House Party and Matt Riddle. Um. Okay, so we so help me break this down, Elio, because my. My voice needs a break, but let me give you a lead-in here, okay? Now, I'm supposed to believe that we're going to go from the new Hardy Bros, Matt and Jeff, which which is disgusting, but we're going to go from Jeff Hardy and Matt Riddle being a weeded-up tag team because if you, if you remember that promo from a couple of weeks ago, they were clearly on some weed uh, that they got from Rob Van Dam or some shit. I don't know. Uh, but not, but now, now Jeff Hardy is not good enough, and he's going to – and Matt Riddle, who should be a WWE champion contender – is now teaming with the Lucha House Party, his brochachos, to take on the Hurt Business, who damn near killed him last week uh, on two separate occasions because he lost in two minutes to Bobby Lashley last week. Um, Elio, this is where your professional analysis comes in because I need to take a sip of Mountain Dew to compose myself. So what the, this, uh, I'm, what, the, what the fuck is going on? First of all, I'm done with uh, Matt Riddle. Just uh, oh. and um, and now the hurt business having problems with the within the group and their tag team champions. So what? What they're gonna lose their belt now? 
And, and they just won them. Right? And Cedric Alexander just joined the group. You know, so I, I understand what they're doing. I'll t- I'll tell you who's high on me on who's high on some chronic, and that is Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon. Because let, let ben, me tell you, Ben does not like Bruce Pritchard. Ben, is that the new feud we're seeing here? Let me let me just let me just say this, okay? Brother Love, I hate you. (laughs) Ben Pierce versus Bruce Pritchard for WrestleMania. Book it, Vince. Well, well, I'll I'll tell you what. It's going to rival Ben Pierce versus Braun Strowman. And and I hate that motherfucker. Damn. Okay, so let's see. And then uh, we have... Jeff Hardy defeating Jackson Riker yet again. Uh, who, who gives a fuck? I, 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 I don't care. That brings us <laughs> to the end of that brings us to the end of the show. Alexa Bliss versus Oscar. This was one of my highlights of the show. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Especially, especially during the match when she transformed. I was like, oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. This. Like, damn. This was, this, this was brilliant. This yeah. was brilliant. Um. And um. What? Well, and like I said, um, earlier on in the review, um, you know, I think uh, I think Alexa Bliss is overtaking the Fiend as the most important element in this feud because the work that she is doing, yep, is, is tremendous. All right, so that does it for Money Night Raw. I'm going to let my um, co-host give his voice a rest as we get into our review of NXT. Thank you, Father Canella. I truly appreciate it. And Ben, what do you think of this uh, NXT, this episode, or did you get to see it? Uh, no, I actually, I actually did not get to see this one. I got okay, first of all, bit, uh, before we get into it, I have. Do you know the brackets for the women's Dusty Classic? Uh, I I don't think so. I don't think. All I right, I, I I have them in front of me. Okay, what are they? So we have Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell versus Gigi Dolan and Cora Jade. Who who the, who the hell is that? These are two new women that uh, they have, and apparently, and oh, I, 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 I've never seen them. And already, WWE has treat has a true file trademarks for their names. Oh wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Okay, uh, let me let me look this up because I I, I I just had a I just had a brain. Uh, I just had a I, I just had a thought. So hold on, what what was the name? Gigi Dolan and what? And Cora Jade. Okay, let me see. Cause let me see fly who, research. Let me see who these people are. Cause I know I know they just signed uh, two ladies. So yeah, yeah. Okay, 
G- yeah, Gigi Dolan is Priscilla Kelly. Oh. Okay. Wow. Okay. I thought I recognized her because when I was watching this, they brought all the women out on stage, and I saw one with red hair. Okay. Wow. And uh, what was the other one? Uh, Cora Kara- Jade. Cora Jade. Cora. Okay. Hold on. Cora. Hey Google, tell me about Cora Jade. Not courage. Cora Jade. Here's the definition of courage. I don't want to know. What in the fuck is that? <laughs> uh, no. Google's drunk. Don't mind Google. Yeah, nothing's coming up on the um on Cora Jade. Um, okay, you know what? Let me look it up on Google because apparently Google's drunk and doesn't understand when I speak. Cora Jade. Okay. Spell that for me, will you? Actually, hold on. I actually have a photo of her. I just pulled it up now on her okay. Uh, Twitter. Okay, hold on. Here we go. Yeah, I'm I, I'm not sure who that is. Um, yeah, that that's her. I don't, I don't. She must be new. Cause I've never heard. She uh, made yeah, I, well, I know they, they signed two ladies. But... She made her debut in the Women's Dust Classic on two or five live on the WWE Network after SmackDown. So, so that okay. must have been last okay. night. Yeah, so I I know I I know I recognize that that Gigi Dolan name, so I'll, I'll be very interested. And here we to go, see, here we go. There's uh, both of them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'll tell you what. I'm very curious to see what they do with Priscilla Kelly in wow. WWE because see that's a surprise because I I, I didn't know that uh, she had signed with WWE. Well, they're going to have to edit her down a lot because when she was in uh, before her AEW run. Oh, no, I know her, about, about that one incident. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And of, of course, she had a brief AEW run. Yep. Um, she's not with Darby Allen anymore. They got a divorce. Yep. And she, were, she was also with MLW briefly. But, um, yeah. I'm 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 really surprised that they signed her given given that incident. Uh, you know. All right. So for the opening matches, in fact, at one of the Dusty Classic matches, we had Kushida and Leon Ruff defeating Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory. That was that's a surprise. Yeah, that 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 was actually a good match. That was one of my highlights, and then. We had Pete Dunn cutting a promo on Finn Balor, saying that sooner or later their paths are going to cross. That's a match I want to see, because that has money all over it. I want to know what you, your thoughts on this next person, okay? Because carrying Cross, the, this is a low light for me, which is surprising because it's carrying Cross, but carrying Cross defeating Ashanti the Adonis. What, who do you, what do you think about this guy? Who is he? Uh, I'm not sold on him at all. Let me see what uh, Google has to say about him. 
Google, who is Ashanti the Adonis? These are the top results. Oh, have you ever heard of, uh, have you heard the name Tahuti Miles? Well, because, yeah, that was his name before. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, he was a jobber. Oh, he, was in R he was in ROH as well, I think. Ah, who cares? Well, no, that was Jordan Miles. No, 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 but I think I, I think this one was in there as well. Oh, okay. But who cares? I don't. <laughs> yeah, this, this, this is Shanti the Adonis gimmick isn't working for me. Yeah, it's terrible. Then we had an MSK video. I like this team. Yeah, I do too. Then we had the first match in the women's Dusty Classic, Casey Catanzaro and Kaden Carter defeating Tony Storm and Mercedes Martinez. That that result pissed me off. Why? Because I really like Tony Storm and Mercedes Martinez. Okay. And, and the fact that they lost in the first round, specifically Tony Storm, uh, the fact that she lost in the first round just irritates the piss out of me. Ouch. Okay. But what's these bad images? What's wrong with you? And the next one we had Bronson Reed defeating Tyler Russ. Again, thoughts on this guy, Tyler Russ. Well he uh, I'll tell you this, he really did show me something when he um when he had such a great showing against Tommaso Champa. So I have I have a lot more um, I have a lot more optimism toward him than I would um, say a Ashanti the Adonis. Now this guy uh, Tyler Rust, I looked him up. This is not in the spotlight thing. This is just me recognizing the name. This is uh, this guy's name is Rust Taylor. He was in the ROH Pure Championship tournament last year. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. Uh, I know that they recently just changed his name, but they were not very creative with that name change, were they? And I know they weren't. It's it's a pretty much the same as to call them Russ Taylor. Good God! Well, I I, I guess I guess they took it from kind of the Daniel Bryan bag. You know, his real name is Brian Danielson. So then we then, then we got Legado the Fantasma segment. And uh, the, um, I really name, like uh, Santos Escobar talking about how he's a true champion, not like all these other ones, other uh, champions around here. And um, of course, they get run off by Lucha House Party and Kurt Stallion. Uh, am I missing something? Uh, or has this guy uh, wrestled? I haven't seen this guy. Um. I I haven't heard the name, so I'm assuming he's new. Okay. Uh, I guess we'll hold on more on the fly research. You see, the the, the the problem with NXT is I'm just not like I, I'm not emotionally invested. Google, tell me about Kurt Stallion. Let's see. You don't want to tell me? Fine, don't talk. Uh, Google, tell me oh about Lord. Kurt Stallion. Um, good, good Lord, he's in. 
He's a nobody. He's 6'1", 190 pounds. Yeah, there, yeah, there you go. See, he, yeah, really. That's all they gave you is images and uh, his birthday. All right. Oh, by the way, I, 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 I love I love the notepad on my eye, on my iPad because I love autocorrect. Instead of like other the Fantasma, yeah, autocorrect uh, changed it to Legato del Fantasia. Oh, God. Yeah, well, this isn't a Disney movie. Get it right, bitch. And that brings us to our main event. The fight. Timothy Thatcher defeating Tommaso Ciampa. Now, how was this? Because I might go back and watch this. This was uh, not a bad one. This was pretty good. So, so uh, yeah, I, de- I definitely want to take a look and... and- Dude, I see the issue. I, I think another issue, aside from like the pandemic and like just the lifeless deal of NXT right now, um, is they really are. I feel like going through a transitional phase, and it's just it's hard for me to to get invested in anything because because I know like anyone that I do get invested in. If and when they get called up to the main roster, they're just going to get buried. You know, and after seeing that so many times with guys like, you know, Keith Lee, you know, Matt Riddle, uh, shall I go on and on and on? Because I can. I could probably go for an hour just listening to Ricochet. Um, Alistair Black. Exactly. Um, it, it's just over and over again examples of so many guys that I loved um, from NXT just getting routinely shit on on the main roster. So you know, um, some some of these guys really got to stay double parked in NXT because I feel like this is their ceiling. And and like in in the rare case of somebody like. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa or Johnny Gargano, I think that that's them saying there's no way in hell that I'm going to the main roster because I, I know I'm going to be used like shit. And and respect on them for doing that because you know they have the they have the foresight to see that. Now, unfortunately, with some of these with some of these young guys. Um, you know, it, it's their lifelong. <coughs> excuse me. Um, it's their lifelong dream to get to WWE, and obviously, if they get the opportunity opportunity to go to the main roster, then they're gonna want to do that. It, but it, I just I feel so bad for them because I feel like we can predict where they're gonna go, and it's not very high. Okay, and uh, that brings us to the end of our NXT review. Gonna take a break and we'll be back with AEW and SmackDown, followed by our two classic. Well, we're not gonna call them classics, we're just gonna call them pay per view rewinds. Exactly. So, stay tuned for that. Our fans, we are back and we're gonna get into Ben's favorite part of the show AEW Dynamite. Ben. Well, usually it's my favorite. Uh, oh, oh you se- might not, not so much this segment week. of the show. Um, no, 
I thought that this was the weakest episode of Dynamite so far. Um, I really did. There was nothing that um, really grabbed my interest. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was just... What, one of the problems was that there were too many, um, like, multi-team uh, tag team matches. Oh, right. I, I, I was saying that at the beginning of the show. I'm like, I hope this is not going to be an all-tag team show. Come on. That's just that's too, too much. You know, and it's just, um, it, it, was, it was just bad. Um and and, I, th- uh, I, I thought it was nice, like, it'd be what they did at the beginning for negative one, but uh, I don't want to see him every day, like, every week on the show. Well, I think, I think that'll die, di- I, I think that'll die down. Yeah. Um, but, but having, having said that, um, given the, given the scenario, uh, if something had happened to me and that was my kid, um, I, I would, I would, I would, um, I, I would be greatly honored and appreciative if, um, if people that I work for were taking care of my family like that. Yeah, no, I get that. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm not going to knock them for doing that at all. No, I, I, just, I, I just thought that was nice. I like to give them a cake and stuff. Yeah. Then he's like, my birthday was three days ago, you idiots. Yeah. (laughs) And and Luther got his face uh, smashed in the cake there. Yep. Um, Now, what do you think of this, Luther? Well, I I haven't really seen enough of... You're not good at because he's not really doesn't really do that much anymore. He was... uh, he used to, when Chris Jericho first started, so when he was doing more. Yeah, so clearly he's a, he's a very um, veteran presence. Let me see. Yeah. Let me see something. Um, but um, but I don't I don't need to see him in the ring. And the um, the partnership was with uh, Serpentico or Serpentico. Um, it's just, it's just not there for me. They they seem Google, to be. Google, tell me about Chaos Project. It, you know, it, here's a it, summary it, from irbnet.de. Traditionally, project management has been. Okay, we don't want that. Like, clearly, Google is drunk. Yeah, uh, yeah, very drunk. Um, let me see if I can uh, find something because there was there was a spot in one of these. Um, Upcoming tag matches that was I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you right now, Luther is from up here in Canada. Oh, cool. I, uh, yeah, I'm, you know, I, I just, I just think he's past his, his prime. And, yep. uh, you know, they're, they're, they're not doing much with him. So, I'm, I mean, I'm not knocking him, but it's just. Yeah, Dr. Luther. It's Len- not one of. Len Olson is a Canadian professional wrestler signed to AEW. Yeah, well. So he started in he started out in uh, Stampede Wrestling in eighty eight. 
And then um, he went from there to Frontier Martial Arts Wrestling. Then uh, on the independent circuits from 97 to 2020. And then, of course, in AEW. Yeah, so he's been around for for a while. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, but you know, it, it, I I I'm personally not impressed by Chaos Project. That's just me. Uh, n- next up we have oh, uh, so next up after the birthday uh, celebration we have the Dark Order uh, teaming with Adam Page. Uh, to take on Luther Serpentico and the Hybrid 2. And this thing was just an absolute mess. Just, uh, what in the, what in the world is this? There was a spot between uh, John Silver and Adam Reynolds, uh, like, trying to, like, flip onto Paige. Um, and it was just, I can't even describe it to you. You just have to go back and, and take a look at it. I, I tried to find like a GIF for it because I thought I had saved it, but I can't find it. Um, this particular spot was just so absolutely bush league. It was, it was nauseating. Uh, you know, and I, I feel like if it was WWE, uh, people would be saying something about it, but the uh, the other the other part that um, was kind of cringe was um, Silver was really pushing for uh, Paige to join the Dark Order, which I really feel like he will eventually, um, because I don't see where else this can go. But in the midst of trying to convince him, John Silver says that Paige is so good and so amazing and is a really good wrestler and you're really handsome and you have really nice hair and you, you, you like him a lot. Are you, are you trying to set up a, a date between the two of you? I mean, this, this, I mean, this is like, um, this, this is like, uh, what, what was it? What was that segment the other you know what it reminded me of? Uh, yeah, I, I remember that. It reminded me of the dirt cheat segment from last week where John Morrison was saying he wanted to go out to dinner with Tatanka. Oh, my God, you, yeah. When you had Tori Wilson and Melina in the same building. And I'm like, are you are you drunk? Or like, are you high? Or are you just that much of a dumbass? But, you know, <laughs> so, like... But for instance, John Silver is like a really uh, good wrestler. He's proven that to me. But um, I uh, I was half expecting him to grab onto Paige's leg when when he started to leave because he was screaming, "Adam, no!" Um, so it, it's just. Uh, you know, so he grabs the bottle of Jack out of uh, Grayson's hand and goes back to the bar, I guess. But it's just, holy shit. You know, I, I, to be honest with you, I honestly feel bad for the Dark Order now because, you know, obviously with what happened. 
but like I don't I don't know where they go from here because obviously like they would have to be baby faced given what happened with uh, with Brody Lee. I don't think you can go back to being a heel stable. And I just don't see the Dark Order being an effective babyface uh, group. So uh, this could be a uh, this could be a huge problem. And the only hope that they that they have, I think, is to bring Paige in. But then again, if you bring him in, then automatically he's going to be the de facto leader by default. You know, because because what he's going to come into the group to be sit to be secondary to Evil Uno or or Stu Grayson? No, that's not going to happen. Um, so I I don't know if that's going to work. And then we 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 go to um, we go to a segment where the young bucks are in a house and. You see a uh, por- like a half nude portrait of Don Callis and Kenny Omega, and these are, these are the things that really just make me roll my fucking eyes. Um, j- just as much as the Bush League segments, because I, I I don't I don't find it entertaining. Yes, Kenny Omega is a fantastic wrestler, but I'm not as big a fan of his as everybody else is. Same with the Young Bucks. I, I, I really don't get the fascination with the Young Bucks. That's just me. Um, match number three. This was just completely random. Uh, pretty Peter Avalon versus Cody Rhodes. What the fuck? That was completely unnecessary. Do you Rick, do you know this guy? Oh, well, he's been on AEW before. Yeah, this is the library. Yeah, it, it's just oh my god. So, so that was unnecessary. Speaking of unnecessary, John Moxley versus Caveman Jobber Nick Camarado. I, oh, I like this guy. No, I, 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 and I liked him too. Yeah, he, he had a good luck, had some talent, but I just, what, what are they doing with, uh, with these squash matches? I don't, I don't get the point. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So, so actually, this was, this was the match that had the really bad, um, bad botch in it. Um, between uh, between Matt Seidel and Top Flight versus Matt Hardy and Private Party, the whole the whole thing was just very um, very spotty and very uh, very iffy. Not not a not a very good showing for them at all. Um, and the spot that I'm talking about um, was the. Uh, Private party forgot who the legal man was, and they went for they went for the cover, and um, the ref had to be like, no, 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 you're not, the, you're not the legal guy. So that came off as very bush league. Um, I did, you know, you got you got to watch that shit. Um, 
You know that, and and the fact that that made TV and wasn't edited out, um, that just irritates me because you already make the referees look stupid in in AEW. Uh, you know we've seen that on multiple occasions, and then now you're actually making the talent look stupid because they don't even know who's legal in their own match. And come on, guy. It's a little, you know, this entire this entire night up until this point has not been good, and you know, and it just continues because we have Penelope Ford versus Layla Hirsch. Uh, uh no, um, not a good match. This was a miss, and then if you'll um, if you'll recall. Uh, last week, M- Miro won the services of of Chuck Taylor as nope. his bro- It's not Chuck; it's Charles. I you beat me to the punchline, goddammit. I get I you know I gotta punch the screen. I'm just what's wrong with you, you son of a bitch? I'm getting to it. <laughs> so as. As Elio so eloquently interrupted me on my segment of the review. My bad. It is not Chuck Taylor anymore. It is Charles the Butler. Just kill me now. Nobody cares. Actually, you know what? This is what Miro should be doing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he should have been this monster heel from the beginning. I agree with that. But, like, and yeah. the, these these uh, segments with Charles, yeah, they're gonna be good. Well, yeah, because they're, they're gonna they're gonna get they're gonna get really bad in the upcoming month because that's that's how long uh, Miro has his services. So, um. <laughs> But uh, next up is Santana and Ortiz versus Hager and Guevara versus MJF and Jericho for the right to be known as the tag team of the inner circle. Um, this match was just sloppy. Sloppy. How about that? How about that line salt? Uh, no. That, that was bad. Was that bad? Oh my! Yeah, God. it was. It was. You know what it looked like? It kind of. It kind of looked like when Snoop Dogg came off the top rope and forgot to splash, and like he landed. Like, landed. He landed on his head, didn't he? It looked like it. Okay, guys. That's what it looked. It looked like he landed on his head. I'm like, ow, that was bad. Yeah, and this. And this uh, show just didn't have any flow, um, and uh, and the in-ring action was very lacking, which is which is very uncommon for AEW. So, you know, I'm prepared to give them a pass for this, um, you know, only because they have built up enough goodwill where I trust that they can. Uh, you know, bounce back. Thank God the cap was on my Mountain Dew just now because it just fell over and it would have gone all over my computer. So thank God for for caps to soda bottles. Jeez, um, that would have been an, an expensive mistake. Jesus Christ. Um, 
much like WWE makes on a weekly basis. But uh, AEW is not known for these missteps. So because they give us a consistently good show, I'm, I'm prepared to give them a pass on this one. Uh, what did you think of uh, SmackDown this week as we move over to your segment? All right, so here we go on with uh, SmackDown. First, we have the opening segment where Roman Reigns and Batman Pierce. Oh, God. Because <laughs> if, you, if you listen, he doesn't sound, sound like Batman. Yeah, because he's got that real gravelly voice. Just bad. <laughs> then we have Charlotte and Asuka defeating the Riot Squad. And I can't believe they got rid of my Billy because what the hell? It wasn't her fault. She was trying to help. Well, good, good riddance, Billy. Boo, boo. Billy, don't worry. Don't, don't listen to my co-host. Enjoy the unemployment line. You got to be joking me. Oh, they they suck. <laughs> 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 then we had this Cesaro defeating Dolph Ziggler which I enjoyed this was a great match this was a yeah. good match yeah I really enjoyed the uh, promo beforehand with uh, Daniel Bryan and Cesaro then we had Sasha Banks defeating Reginald which I didn't mind this one um, no I did why uh, Come on, did Rachel didn't impress you with all those flips? Oh, eh, whatever. Anyway, um, <laughs> what, uh, whatever. No, and, and I say that because I thought WWE had a policy against intergender wrestling. I guess not. Oh, yeah, but, this is, but there wasn't much on because uh, he he didn't even uh, he didn't even uh, do anything. Well, yeah, that's my point. So you're gonna have a match where it's very clear that he's not gonna hurt Sasha. But 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 see, uh, the this guy, the the guy that plays Reginald. Yeah. Actually, he uh, bypassed NXT because he's uh, he actually is a wrestler. He 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 went straight to the main roster. He he didn't go to NXT. Well, well, good for him. God bless. But you know, I don't need I don't need to see him in the ring against Sasha Banks. Well, no, this is true. Then we had the obstacle course and Bailey and Bianca Belair. Bianca made Bailey look like a, you know. Wait, uh, wait, yeah. wait, 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 uh, no, it, it was it was one minute and, and twelve. That was the time to beat. That was Bailey. No, that was ba- no, no. Wait, wait. Uh, what, what was Bianca's time? Um, I don't know. She she beat it by uh, like seventeen seconds. So. Okay. All right. No, that's okay. Then we had King Corbin defeating Dominic. I don't care. Nobody, nobody listening to this show cares at all. And why is Dominic calling Rey Mysterio Hefe? I, I guess it's supposed to mean Poppy in a different language. No, I, no, no, no. Hefe is uh, Spanish for boss. Uh, well, I know, which which is why I'm equally. But, as- yeah, but uh, no, but it's just stupid. 
Right. I'm, I'm equally as confused as you. That was that was my question as well because I actually I looked it up to double check, and you're right. Hefe means boss, not daddy. So, you know. <laughs> well, what is what like if you call them Poppy, I understand, but I call them Hefe. I'm like, get out, just stop. Yeah, Ray Mysterio is not Marlon Brando. And then Adam Pierce versus Paul Heyman never happened as uh, Roman Reigns uh, came out as Heyman faking an injury, told Adam Pierce hard subject to change, Reigns beat up, beat Pierce down until Kevin Owens shows up and puts Reigns through the table. Yeah, and I I, I thought um, I thought that was very clever um, to like turn the tables on Pierce like that. And I, but I also enjoyed um, Kevin Owens' segment from earlier in the evening. Um, you know, he was kind of explaining why he uh, wouldn't go away and, you know, why he's continuing to fight. And yeah. you know, they kind of use his tattoos to tell the story of, you know, his grandparents and, you know, being so influential influential and supportive in his wrestling career um so i i liked i liked that promo because it was like a more personal side of kevin owens so i i enjoyed that um actually if you could um if you could just give me a second uh maybe uh pause for like two seconds i just gotta open the door for my dog uh hey elio Uh, Elio, could you pause for two seconds? I just got to open the door for my dog. I'm here, sorry. Oh, yeah, um, could we just pause for two seconds? Yeah, 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 hold on. Okay. All right, fans, that does it for our weekly uh, reviews. We are now going to fire up the DeLorean and Ben... We are going back to Sunday, January 23rd, 2000 for the Royal Rumble. One of my favorite shows of the year, usually, uh, even though WWE is doing a shitty job of building this year's Royal Rumble. But uh, uh, 2000 was a weird year for the for WWF, though. Yeah, well, and um, to to your point, uh, the Royal Rumble um, match itself in 2000 kind of got convoluted because I was confused because I had seen this show before, you know, just watching it for fun, and um, I, I, I remember that it was a controversial finish between... Um, the Rock and uh, the the Big Show, and you know how it was actually the Rock's feet that hit the floor first. So Big Show should have won, but it was it was um, it, it was made to look like uh, the Rock won, and then it was turned into a storyline after after the fact, which culminated in. Um, in a four-way match at WrestleMania uh, 2000, um, which was actually WrestleMania 16, 
a weird um, WrestleMania. Yeah, because well, because there were a lot of uh, there were a lot of injuries. No, but also also just the whole show itself was just yeah, yeah, because there were a lot of injuries. Like Undertaker was injured that year. I think I'm pretty sure Austin was injured that year. And then, um, so, so the way that the main event uh, pl- played out, the, you know, b- before. Um, before the Rumble, I'm sorry, the match, not the, not the main event, the match before the Rumble, um, Cactus Jack and uh, Triple H, um, the way that that kind of culminated was um, Mick, Mick Foley kind of lured um, Triple H out to the, out to the entrance way where um, Mick Foley was cuffed at the time. And he kind of he, he kind of baited him in, and then here comes the Rock swinging for the fences like it was 1999. But this time it wasn't Mick Foley's head he was aiming for; it was uh, it was Triple H, and um, you know so he's trying to screw him out of the WWE Championship, um, and he almost did. Um, but like one one of the one of the segments that was really weird that took place in the um in in that same uh, in that same sequence was there was a there was a random cop there that just that just took the cuffs off of uh, off of Foley and or Cactus Jack in this instance because uh, you know there's three iterations of Mick Foley in case you didn't know. Uh, which, if you don't, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast because you need to you need to you know study up on your wrestling history, pupils. Um, but um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm kidding. We're we're happy to have you as a viewer. Don't get upset now. But seriously, learn your history. <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, um, this was actually. Um, this was actually one of the most intense brawls that I can remember seeing. You know, everybody, everybody kind of remembers the Hell in a Cell with the Undertaker, and of course the Hell in a Cell with Triple H, because you know he went you know backwards through the roof again, uh, which was absolutely just brutal. But um, so was this match, especially that second that second pedigree into the tax. Because the, there was there was two. The first one he kicked out of, which I was like, "Holy shit! How is he gonna kick out of the fuck that?" You know what I mean? Um, but then the second one, where they were literally tacked like in his head, right by his eye, and like right in the center of his head, I was like, "Jesus! You've already taken this taken this guy's ear off. Can we can we spare him an eyeball?" Now, uh, do, do you actually do you know the story about uh, the ear? Uh, yeah, the, it got uh, taken off during the Hell in a Cell match. No, no, no. Cactus Jack, no. Oh, I thought he did. No, no, no. He lost his ear in a match in uh, Germany. Um, he, his head got stuck between the top rope and the middle rope. 
and like he was trying to get himself free, and that's where it's like. Oh boy! Well, yeah. Then I then I have to eat humble pie because I didn't know that, and I just took the viewers to task for knowing their history. Shit. Okay. Well, I will. Um, I will gladly have to eat that because I thought they did. Didn't they ever play it up like he lost his year in the cell? Because I'm pretty sure that they were playing it up like he did. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure. Uh, they they might have known WB. I'm I'm almost positive. Um, because I because I would I I don't think I would miss something as obvious as that. So you just went over the Triple H Cakes Jack match. Yeah, which was absolutely brutal. Good oh. God! All right, so um. The PV itself opened with Taz defeating Kurt Angle. Well, not really. Because, um, y- yes. The, the originally, he beat him with, with, the, with, the, um, with, a, with a choke. Um, yeah. Originally, they were selling it like it was a sleeper. Oh, okay. King, King was like, no, 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 this was a choke. Um, so eventually, toward the end, when uh, when Kurt was getting stretchered out, um, they were like, you know, that might have been a choke. Um, and uh, the next night on Raw, the decision was overturned. Oh, but okay. actually, there was a, there was a story behind that that I remember from watching part of a ECW uh, DVD, I think. Um, kind of telling the story of uh, Taz's uh, Rumble uh, debut in the in the Garden. Apparently, he called uh, he called Paul Heyman on the way. He's saying, "Like I assume you know where I'm going right now, and I wanted to, you know, get your blessing and and tell you that um, what's going on because." You know, I know because he had left after um, Anarchy Rules '99 a few a few months ago, a few <laughs> months before this in uh, September of 1999. Um, Anarchy '99 is also a, a a very solid pay per view. If you haven't uh, checked that one out, I recommend that one too. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was very interesting. Like like Taz of all people would call um, would call uh, Paul Heyman even after he um, even after he left the company to go to WWE because um, you know the wrestlers just weren't getting paid, which is why I think the majority of them left. Um, but uh, you know it was it's just. Paul Heyman is a very interesting figure to me because like he commands so much respect, but then like you hear for, like for being a creative genius, but then you hear that he's been kind of shysty behind the scenes, and they always kind of like play it off like oh he's a New Yorker he can bullshit anybody, but like you know it's just kind of Paul Heyman's a very interesting figure because as a fan like you you know you love him one if you're of our age because of ECW and ECW was fucking the shit. You know, I mean, I, 
I, I mean, I was my I was much younger, so my mom didn't know I was watching it. And like, I'd be, I'd be like, holy shit, you know, because you know I would watch the weekly show on TNN. Like, I'm, I'm not supposed to be watching this, am I? <laughs> we'll just keep the volume. Wait, 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 what are you doing there, young Ben? <laughs> actually, actually. Did you get, did you keep looking at the door hoping that no one walked in? <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, you know, um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't for the for ECW. They never found out that I was watching ECW, but um a little bit later on in like 2002, uh, my parents banned me from watching wrestling uh, oh, for, oh. Like a, for like a two year period because quote unquote, they, well, I still watched it. I'll, I'll, I'll no, but I'm saying, I'm saying, why, why, why is that? Why did they ban you? Um, because quote unquote, they thought it was affecting my attitude. Um, so, I got banned from watching the show, but but here's here's the thing, I never saw watching it because you know they go to sleep you know before nine o'clock, still still to this day, and uh, you know so, so so when mom and dad here score to sleep, it's party 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 for bed, exactly, and that is a that is a tradition that carries on to today. And I'm I'm 32, yes, and you know the only reason why I still live at home is because I need a little bit of uh, extra help because of CP related stuff. Um, but as you guys have been able to tell on this podcast, my my brain is sharp as hell, and uh, so is my wrestling knowledge. And I figured I would uh, take you on an entertaining side journey. Uh, through uh, an interesting story relating to Taz, because that was that was one hell of a debut for Taz, and uh, un- unfortunately, his WWE in-ring career ended pretty uh, pretty quickly because of uh, neck-related problems. So, uh, you know, he, I I don't I don't think he got a fair shake as a competitor in WWE. And then, then, uh, then we have a tables match. Hardy Boys defeating the Dudley Boys in ten minutes and seventeen seconds. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think that this match was as iconic as the first, you know, triple threat ladder match. Uh, I believe that was what No Mercy ninety nine. Or was it? Uh... When did they have the? Wasn't it at WrestleMania? One of the WrestleMania seventeen or eighteen? I don't think that. I don't think that was the first one, though. But okay. but anyway. Um, yeah. But anyway, um, this this match was um, this still pretty good. Uh, one of one of the things that confused me though was. After Devon Dudley got eliminated um, via the, uh, you know, the the double um, kind of there there was a there was a leg drop from Jeff where he came off the top and kind of connected with uh, Devon's head, but then uh, Matt was the one that put him through the 
um, put them through the table largely. Um, but then even after he got eliminated, um, Devon was still playing a role in the, in the match because, um, uh, because you had to put your opponents through two tables with consecutive with consecutive or through two tables consecutively to win the match, um, which um, which it was it was very confusing because I don't think I don't think other uh, table matches have gone that way. I know some of them have, but not entirely. Um, and um, so, so th there was that part. The, and the rest of the, the rest of the match went um, went uh, went went by smoothly, but I, I was I was confused by that part. Um, and just, I'll tell you what, just the the brutality of what Jeff was willing to do to himself. That spot where he's running along the barricade, trying to uh, trying to attack Bubba Ray, and and his head just collides with the table because Bubba just throws it in his face. I'm like, holy shit, these guys really don't care, do they? Good God, um, that was just absolutely brutal. Um, as I'm staring at the top of your head. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> um, so the next one we had next we have a three-way match for the Intercontinental Championship. Chris Jericho defeating China and Hardcore Holly. What was Hardcore Holly doing in the match? Do you remember the build for that? Because I, I remember uh, Chris Jericho versus China being a big deal. I don't remember Hardcore Holly getting in. Neither do I. Into the picture, so that I thought that was a little odd. They give this one seven minutes and thirty seconds. Then we move on to the tag team championships. New Age Outlaws defeating the Acolytes in two minutes and thirty-seven seconds. Which, which the, this match was complete bullshit. <laughs> there, there's no way that these two that these two teams, including the fucking Acolytes, should be in a match with of two minutes. In length, unless the acolytes just completely murder some jobbers or something. But what are these two teams doing in a two-minute match? Like I don't, I don't understand. And then we have the three fight for the WWE championship, which we already went over. Triple H defeating Cactus Jack. So we move on to the Royal Rumble next, and the participants in this one are Al Snow, Big Boss Man, Big Show. Billy Gunn, Bob Backlund, Bradshaw, British Bulldog, Chris Jericho, Christian, China, Crash Holly, Dino Brown, Edge, Farouk, Gangrel, Godfather, Brian Christopher, Hardcore Holly, Kane, Mosh, and Thrasher, Prince Albert, Rikishi, Road Dog, Scotty Holly, Steve Blackman, Test, Val Venus, Miss Run, X-Pac, and this one was won by The Rock. Actually, sorry, Thrasher was not in it. My bad. So, so the, the Rock uh, wins the Rumble. Before we, before we move on to analyzing that, I just looked it up. 
um, because it was it was bothering me. Apparently, uh, Hardcore Holly had gotten uh, pins over both uh, China and Chris Jericho leading up to this match, which is why he was involved. Okay, oh, okay. All right. I, I feel I feel better with that. So that was. Yeah, you ever you ever be in the middle of something and you're you're, you're trying to get it right and it, it just kind of sticks in your crawl and yeah. kind of bothers you. I was I, I had an unpleasant taste in my mouth while you were talking and not because of what you were saying, but it was just bothering me. Like, why the fuck was hardcore? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's hap- always happens. So um, it happens. Yeah, I, I'm like looking at something and thinking of something. And it's um, like it's gonna bother me if I don't look it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that was that was the case there. Um, yeah, but like, go, you're just going going back real quick to to New Age Outlaws and the Acolytes, and I promise we'll move on. You know, these were two you know predominant teams of you know of this era. And it, it was it was two minutes. I just looked up the specific time. Two minutes and 39 seconds. What in the hell? You know, I mean, the the video promo to lead off the show, which was which was showcasing Cactus Jack versus Triple H was longer than this match. Wow. And then we got another video package for Triple H and Cactus Jack immediately after this match. Like, what what is going on here? Um, Thank thank God Triple H versus Cactus Jack delivered, but the the fact that the tag team match went that short was just ridiculous. Um, But moving on to uh, the Royal Rumble, um, I, like I said, I, th- I thoroughly enjoyed, uh, the entire, um, the entire rumble up until, up until the very end, because I thought it, I thought it very strange that they didn't, they didn't replay or sell anything related to The Rock and, um, and the big show being a controversial finish, which made me think that it wasn't planned that way. So I looked it up and according to what I was looking at, indeed it wasn't planned. And then that's why they built it into the uh, storyline after the fact and and made it into a four way for the championship at WrestleMania. Because uh, you, because you know, like typically, you get replays of all the, of all the exits, and mm-hmm. well, not all of them, but the really big exits in the rumble, um, and uh, and th- that didn't happen here, so that kind of piqued my curiosity, and um, <clears throat> and just just as a, a fun little uh, little things that I noticed. You know, Jerry Lawler was doing his best um, Bobby Heenan impression throughout the match, it, constantly changing his picks. And, and uh, you know, I'll tell you what, in the 90s, Jerry Lawler was awesome. Nowadays, not so much. Yep. All right. Um, 
Oh, and then what? And then one more little tidbit. Who do you think lasted the longest in this match? The Rock. No. You, you want me to tell you, or do you want to guess again? Big Show. Nope. Who? It was Tess. Oh. He lasted 26 minutes and 17 seconds. Wow. I mean, good Lord. <laughs> okay, so that is a Royal Rumble 2000. Now, Ben, last week you watched NWO sold out 2000. Yeah. And you told me that that was a terrible pay-per-view. Yeah, I, I told then, you that that was then, one of the I, worst I've ever and seen. I challenge you to go and watch NWO Sold Out 97 and tell me which one was worse. Ben? <laughs> it, it was it was 97. Oh, uh, my God. Was that ever terrible? Oh, jeez. Uh, dude, dude this, was, this was like two hours and 40 minutes long. It felt like it was five hours. Ladies and gentlemen... This is a one hell of a way to spend the Saturday night. This one took place on Saturday, January 25th, 1997, from the Five Seasons Center in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And here we go. Ben, I'm going to give Ben the opportunity to go on his uh, rant, on his famous rants. So, okay. Literally, the best part of this show was the opening of of the pay per view with uh, the NWO coming in with the with the garbage trucks and um, and that stuff with you know with the black with the black and white and all the all all the predominant members talking shit that that was done very very well um, and it actually it actually had gotten me excited because I had I. I purposely didn't look up any information regarding this pay-per-view before I watched it because after what Elio had told me, I didn't want to develop any further bias. So I I tried to go, I tried to go into this as as neutral as possible. Um, But after watching it, I can honestly say the best part of the show was was the black and white entrance with the garbage truck and the limos. Because this is how this show starts. Masahiro Chono defeats Chris Jericho in eleven minutes eight seconds. Well, and, and see that, and that was that was the other thing. Now, now, I will I will be perfectly honest with you. I have always been a Chris Jericho guy. I started. I started watching WCW well before I um, well before I started uh, with WWE. I believe the first time I saw um, WCW was uh, like in nineteen ninety five. Yeah, because that would have been Nitro, and I I think one of the first guys I ever saw in the ring was. Uh, was uh, Brian Pillman when he had the flying Brian gimmick, but but anyway, I, so I've always been a fan of uh, you know Chris Jericho, and to be honest with you, I wasn't sure who Masahiro Tono was. Oh yeah, 
Go on. So, so I looked him up, and apparently he was like a very, a very big deal in uh, NJPW at the time. The yep, way, yep. the the way that he was described, to, um, where he, I looked him was, up. He was that one of the originals of the Bullet Club. Uh, yeah, and um, and uh, like the way the way that he was, I didn't know he was associated with the Bully Club because the way he was described to me was like the Hulk Hogan of Japan at the time, according to what I was looking up. And um, so the commentators for this, who happened to be Ted DiBiase and Eric Bischoff. We're, we're putting him over as the first international member of the NWO with uh, being Chono. And it was, it was, real, it was really annoying because they kept calling him... Sorry, 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 not the Bullet Club. He was an original member of the NWO, which is where uh, they got the idea. Sorry, not the Bullet Club. Yeah, uh, okay. That makes more sense because I was, I was confused because I was like, I don't think the Bullet Club existed yeah, man. Um, but anyway, so immediately I'm starting to get really, <coughs> excuse me, I'm starting to get really irritated with the commentary team because they kept calling him, they kept calling Masahiro, my hero, Chono. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, they, they, they I think they did that throughout, throughout the entire night. Um, so with the, I with, just, the, with the making fun of uh, the, all the faces uh, names. Yeah, but but I was I was very um, I was very confused because Masahiro was supposed to be in the NWO. Like, what the fuck are they doing? They're you know they're uh, they're messing with their own guy, and uh, it was it was just very confusing. Now. As to the match itself, um, I I think I think Jericho truly tried to make it good, but Chono I don't know if he was just off his game that night or whatever. But for being considered the you know like the biggest name in Japan, I was not getting any impression from this from this match. Um, because it just it just seemed like he was funny then. Um, <clears throat> Next so um, oh god, are we done? No, I, I was just, I was just yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So oh. moving on. All right, then next we have a Mexican death match. Big Bubba defeats Hugh Morris. What, what about this was a Mexican death match? <laughs> I'm being very serious um, because you know they they announced it as such and after watching the match I'm like what makes this a Mexican death match excuse like I'm very confused I have no idea yeah I I, I really did I felt bad for uh, the big boss man in this um, situation because for those of you that don't know um, he legitimately was um, Vince McMahon's like right hand one of Vince McMahon's right hand guys um, during the whole you know attitude error 
Um, but Big Bubba wasn't getting it done uh, in uh, in WCW, so he definitely had a much better uh, was showing in WWE as the Big Boss Man, which was just a better character um, versus uh, Big Bubba. Now, apparently, um, apparently, I'm supposed to take this match seriously, and I always had a, a problem doing that with. Uh, with um, Hugh Morris, I had a, I had a even more difficult problem because uh, I'm just reading this as part of the review, but I swear to God, I was thinking the same thing during the, um, during watching this paper. He, um, Hugh Morris looked like Big Dick Dudley with the with the tie dye. Uh, I was like, what the fuck. Um, you know, I was confused. Uh, and, and Nick Patrick was really uh, pissing me off during this match. He was he was the NWO's referee, and he uh, and he refed every single match uh, <laughs> during the night, getting increasingly tired throughout the match or throughout the evening, uh, causing the commentary team to kind of turn on him by the end of it because he was missing some stuff at the end of it but it was just but the part that really got hokey and I'm like I couldn't take this seriously was um, Bubba as I'm forced to call him because you know this was the WCW incarnation attempted to run over Hugh Morris with a motorcycle and the way that this came off on TV was terrible because Here's here's Hugh, this huge three hundred pound motherfucker, you know, jumping into the into the air like into the motorcycle, because like, you know, he, because you know, it's being driven so slow, obviously for safety purposes, um, and, and like the the time was just done. So by the time Morris got counted out for apparently being run over by a motorcycle, even though it was very clear the motorcycle barely even touched him because he, like, jumped into the thing. Seriously, if you go back and watch this, it was, it was, it was, it was comical. <laughs> the, the way this spot came off, it was, it was awful. I'm like, why are you going to do this shit if it's going to come off this bad? You know you're not going to run over a dude. At least, at least when the Undertaker tried to run over Vince McMahon, at least, they, at least they had Shane Shane McMahon pull him out of the way. But good God, <laughs> this, this is just terrible. And I, like, I, I can't even describe to you how awful um, this NWO. Um, our Miss NWO pageant was. Oh, and we will get into that. I just want to. I just want to get through the match because because I'm gonna let you go on your rant on that one. Uh, but then, then oh yes, uh, Elio, Elio was was messaging me uh, throughout the week saying he couldn't wait for my for my rant regarding the Miss NWO pageant. Believe you me, Elio, it will not disappoint because actually I take that back. You were. You were excited regarding my rant regarding this whole pay-per-view. I promise you, you won't 
you won't be disappointed, and I hope you're not disappointed thus far. Um, but uh, then we had Jeff Jarrett defeating Michael Wall Street, aka IRS. Um, now he's always uh, had these kind of uh, characters. I don't know why they keep putting in the same characters. Well, you know, and that was the thing because you know they didn't change his character at all. They just changed his name. Apparently. Apparently, WCW wasn't very creative. Like he, like he was called the VK Wall Street. Yeah, and, and I, wow. And this you, was, and you know what that reference is? Uh, remind me. I probably do, but VK, VK Wall Street, Vincent Kennedy. Uh uh huh. Fair. Oh, uh, 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 now, okay. I can't, I can't contain my mirth. <laughs> I, I, I thought that's where you were going to go with it, but I was hoping it was something else. But no, it's just an earlier version of the VKM, aka the New Age Outlaws. Oh. Now, our, our next one, we have Buff Bagwell defeating Scotty Riggs. Now, Ben, what can you tell me about these two guys? Uh, aside from the fact that they do a very, very bad Chippendales impression. Uh, <clears throat> well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Buff Bagwell and Scotty Riggs before this were known as the American Males, uh, who, who I thought was actually we're actually going to become a, a bigger deal tag team than what they turned out to be because, uh, you know, Buff, both Buff Bagwell and Scotty Riggs um, were, you know, very good looking guys for the time. You know, they had the, they had the bodies for pro wrestling. Um, but outside of Buff creating the blockbuster for himself, I didn't think either one of these guys were very good, and apparently WWE didn't either, because after after Buff Bagwell debuted on uh, TV against um, against uh, Booker T in WWE, he kind of made his exit very quickly because that match was a disaster. Um, <clears throat> but it was it was um, Buff Bagwell never never really hit. Uh, the way that I, the, the way that I think they did, but the, the way that I think everybody thought they would, rather, um, because you know, if you remember Elio for a time, I mean, they were pushing the shit out of Buff Bagwell. I mean, they had him, they had him join the NWO. I mean, they had everybody join the NWO, but they had Buff Bagwell of all fucking people. Um. And, and um, this match was entirely too long for me. It went almost ten minutes. minutes. And this was the this was the debut of the blockbuster, as I, as I was telling you about. Um, but it's just they had it's like they had no idea what they were doing, and. You know, luckily WCW had some big names to kind of camouflage the fact that they didn't have a shit's worth of a mid-card situation because they really didn't. They, 
Because throughout the entirety of that company's history, I'm, I'm talking about from from 95 on, like the, the nitro era of WCW. Uh, not, not the 80s, because they were awesome in the 80s. But I'm talking about the nitro era now. They didn't have a mid-card to save their lives. It was always the NWO and the cruiserweights. That was the, those were the two selling points of WCW. And um, but, but one other thing I got to mention about this is the the PA guy um, was obviously uh, very very pro NWO because it was an NWO pay per view. Um, so he kept calling guys that weren't, uh, that weren't in the NWO, like losers and get these guys out of here. This match sucks as the match is going on. Well, this match actually did suck because the crowd was completely dead. And there's just, other than the fact that the blockbuster was cool as fuck and it was the first time that we'd ever seen this move, this match was completely missable. Um, then we then we had Scott Norton defeating Diamond Dallas Page by countout. That was disgusting. Uh, the, well, the match was the match was terrible. Um, you know the only the only uh, the only redeemable thing about this match, and trust me, the bar is set very low in terms of redemption. You don't have to try very hard to beat anything else that was on this fucking show because it was a shit show. In case I haven't made that abundantly clear throughout my uh, review thus far, um, the only thing that was cool was um, NWO had been trying to recruit DDP throughout this entire lead-in going into this match, mm-hmm. and he was kind of putting them off. But then, like right in the in the middle of the, of the fucking match. Here comes the NWO, and they all want him to join. Keep in mind, keep in mind, they don't have, this isn't, this isn't a big one that was on, that was on uh, Nitro. This was like NWO B team, including fucking Virgil uh, in in the ring trying to recruit this guy. And DDP put, um, you know, puts on the shirt and then um, and then he hits the diamond cutter on Norton. And for some reason, Norton was in the NWO. I don't know. I mean, I knew he was in the NWO, but I mean, even back in its early incarnations, and the NWO was a fucking reach. And I'm I'm learning that as I've gotten older now. I mean, I mean, Hogan, Nash, and Hall were awesome, but the rest of them, holy jump shit balls, like no. <laughs> Like there, there, there's no, there's no wonder that when the that when the 2020 Hall of Fame class in WWE finally gets inducted, it's no wonder that he, the NWO was going in as Hogan, Nash, and Hall, because otherwise, holy fuck, this was this was atrocious, and I I don't I don't blame DDP for escaping through the crowd to get away from this. Holy fuck. So the, the 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 next match I um the, the next match which I was actually really looking forward to because I'm like how could they fuck this one up because it was 
supposed to be a, a ladder match between Eddie Rowe. No, nope. so hold on. There's a, there was one before that. We had the WCW World Tag Team Championship. Oh, oh, oh. Steiner oh, Brothers defeating you outside. Make, you're going to make me do it, you motherfucker. No, I'm going to laugh. All of the... I was trying. I was... Uh, you've been beating me all night long. I was trying to minimize my pain. You know what? You know what? That's all I'm going to say. Steiner Brothers defeating the Outsiders. Move on to the next one. Oh, my God. This was... Okay, well, now now that you now that you brought the match into focus, now I have to explain why I why I didn't like it. Oh, God. I was trying to spare you, you son of a bitch. Oh, but no, okay. Well, I'm, uh, well maybe this is, is a good thing, because now you'll really get to hear my fucking rant. So perhaps this isn't such a bad thing. Hey, there you go. I'm, I'm helping you out. Okay, so the Steiner Brothers are supposed to be an all-time great tag team, and they are, okay? They, don't get me wrong, they are. Don't argue with me or you will lose because fuck you if you disagree. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be a millennial for a minute, which is something I hate, but I'm gonna say fuck you if, if you don't think the Steiners are an all-time great tag team. Having said that, this match was not that uh, that um, demonstration of the signer's greatness because, you know, the, the match starts off and I'm like, okay, well, this is, this is going to be a good match. You know, they're, they're, they're doing pretty good here. Uh, but then we get to the bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Here it comes to Elio. Are you ready? I'm ready. So, so this match doesn't focus on an iconic tag team such as such as the Steiner brothers. No, we can't have that. It's not going to focus on on Nash and Hall, the outsiders, two-thirds of the NWO at this point, who this fucking pay-per-view is named after. No. We're going to focus on Randy fucking Anderson. <laughs> who is Randy Anderson, you ask? Let me tell you who Randy Anderson is. <laughs> <laughs> it would have made more sense for Nick Patrick to be in this spot considering he was NWO's lackey referee but no it's Randy Anderson let me explain Randy Anderson was is a disgruntled WCW referee who was very unhappy that the NWO has its own pay-per-view. So let me back, let me back up a little bit to give you guys some context for this. I I, I feel like in, a, in Italian because I'm talking very fast with my hands because I'm so pissed off. But I, I have to I have to express my rage for Elio's entertainment because he can see me on camera right now. 
And he's not, he's not looking at my entertaining eyes. I'm looking, I'm, I'm looking at you. Okay, very good. I want to make sure you're focused on me for the duration of the rest of this thing. Now, now, uh, as the evening gets started, we're seeing WCW people filtering in through the crowd. Uh, because, as I said, this is an NWO-centered pay-per-view, and the company is not very happy that they're, they're being co-billed with the NWO. So you, you see people like uh, like Harlem Heat, a Sensational Sherry, uh, and, and a, a couple others, including uh, Randy Anderson and, and Arn Anderson, you know, coming in and looking at this and looking very disgruntled and pissed off. So that leads me to my point. Um, Randy Anderson is uh, was another referee, and as I've stated before, Nick Patrick um, was the NWO's lackey and was assigned all these matches. So dur- during the co- during the course of the Outsiders and the Signers, uh, um, Nick Patrick gets knocked out of the ring, and he's just knocked out unconscious. So here it comes, here it comes Randy Anderson, the aforementioned disgruntled referee to get some revenge on the NWO, I guess. Why does he want revenge outside of the reasons that I listed and why is he, why is he being given more importance than the NWO in this fucking match? I don't know. It's WCW logic. I I don't know. Uh, but um, but there 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 it goes. And uh, because because of Randy Anderson getting involved and actually being fair, he counts the pin for the Steiner brothers after Nick Patrick gets knocked out. Um, and the, the reason why I have a gigantic problem uh, with this is because nobody gives a fuck about Randy Anderson. Why is, and, and, and this is going to sound like a rhetorical question, Elio, but I, I really want your, your take on this because I was confused as hell, but then I kind of understood why you wanted me to go on a rant, specifically after seeing this match. Um, why, it, why is Randy Anderson being used as the tool to get revenge on the NWO, first of all? And the second, the, the second part of that question was... If you're going to go with this storyline and interrupt a tag team championship match with this, then why would you put the titles directly back on the NWO that the, the, the very next day on Nitro, completely nullifying the, 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 the screw job finish of the end of this? Which, which gave the NWO their only loss of the night, which could have been a really good selling point for weeks to come 
leading into your next pay-per-view or something. Like, what's your take on why they did this with Randy fucking Anderson of all people? Okay, um, because Randy Anderson at the time he was uh, one of the top referees in the company. Right. Right. He so was, he so was, I think uh, they wanted to make him a focus and then put him like in the storyline. And then I think I remember the night show after this is it where they uh, fired him. Well, yeah, and then, and then they stripped the signers of the belts and gave them back to the outsiders. Yeah. Um, but, but here, but here's the thing: like even even looking at this as excuse me, as a as a I'm a, see I'm allergic to this bullshit and I'm I'm throwing up in my mouth because I have to discuss this crap. Um, but here, here's the thing. So this is this is how I would have booked it, right? So you have you have DDP uh, in in uh, in a match on the same card, and you have you have him against Scott Norton, who's also an NWO member, albeit a a a, a C a C team member of the, of the show. But having said that, you're trying to recruit DDP to NWO for weeks before this, which is the only reason why you're not shitting on him on commentary. You're not having your PA guy talk shit like you have all night long with the other ones. Including, and we'll get back to the ladder match in just a minute. I promise you. I, but I had to go on a on a side quest at, at Elio's insistence, even though I tried to avoid it for for, for your sake and mine. But we'll we'll get back to it anyway. Um, so why not why not do this with with DDP? Why why not have DDP come in and cause interference and have and have Randy or, or Randy Anderson count the pin, just trying to help DDP and not focus on Randy Anderson, but focus on DDP screwing the NWO as they're trying to recruit him. Like, wouldn't that make more sense than doing it with Randy Anderson? Yep. And then, and then you're gonna nullify this whole thing by just sh- showing us that that. Uh, that the outsiders are pricks and they have pulled to get the titles back whenever they want them. Like it's so an entire portion of the show is rendered completely pointless on a match on a card that already sucks. And the only, the only two interesting things that happen on this show, you could have tied them in together and made and made that story that much better but yet you go with this with Randy Anderson who, who despite his power in WCW I guarantee you nobody gave a fuck about his mullet wearing ass see what I mean is this a rant that is making sense to you I, I, I just oh my god I can't breathe I, I, I need this, this, whole, this whole pay-per-view didn't make sense I, I need I need a refill on Mountain Dew, and yet I'm in the middle of a podcast. Anyway, uh, but but moving right along, before before I was so grotesquely rudely interrupted by my co-host, 
who was who was sitting there, who was who was sitting on my screen in Canada, just rubbing his hands together like a jackal. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> like, I, well, I think you have me confused with Don Callis. Oh, oh tr- trust me, if I have to pick a character involving Don Callis, it's gonna be Cyrus the Virus, not the fucking Jackal. Thank you. Um, because, well, I'm, I actually have a brain cell uh, that I can use to to analyze this shit properly. That's why you listen to this podcast. <laughs> And we we adore you people. The uh, by the by the way, the podcast is exploding in numbers the last couple of months, and we really appreciate that seriously. Uh, so thank you, and I I hope this I hope this rant kind of repays you for my for your patronage to this show. I really I really hope you enjoy it because we have a lot of fun despite my rage and some of the decision making on WWE and in this case WCW's part. Speaking of rage, we get to Eddie Guerrero versus Six. Two of, my, two of my favorite performers growing up. Um, and automatically, before the match even starts, I'm forced to get pissed off. Because the NWOPA guy refers to refers to uh, Eddie Guerrero as a Mexican jumping bean. Oh, that's bad. That's terrible. Like, what the... And and that's not only... That's not the worst thing that happened in reference to Eddie Guerrero on this... Uh, in this match. Mm-hmm. Because right in, right in the middle of it... Right after, right after Eddie uh, falls off a ladder, nonetheless, to the to the outside of the ring, clear as day, even on the network, I I was shocked that this wasn't edited out after hearing it. But clear as a bell, you know, on a winter morning, you you hear Eddie's a faggot. Oh. You know, and you can you can even hear Eric going, oh, you know, right, you know, right as this is taking place. But how is that one not edited out of the broadcast? I mean, I understand you can't edit it out when it's live, you know, back when this is happening. But how is that not edited out of the network of all things? Uh, you know, but it was just like, oh my god! So those two things um, really uh, soured me on this match, and and also, um, you know, I'm not saying it was the greatest ladder match, but you know, I think a ladder match with Eddie Guerrero is going to be pretty fucking cool. Uh, just see what he did in 2005 against Rey Mysterio, um, but. Uh, you know, the, the, this this pay per view just has opportunity after opportunity to do something cool, and and they're doing this shit. You know, and 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 it should and it should be noted, and I will start. I will I will give you a little piece of of the rant that you're really waiting for. 
before we move on to to the main um, to the main parts of this this show, uh, which was uh, or I should say the main part of the show, which was Hulk Hogan versus the Giant for the World Heavyweight Title. Um. So throughout the evening, the prevailing theme is this Miss NWO pageant thing. And ladies and gentlemen, I am going to to sound horrible for the next five seconds, but just just know before I say this that I that I would not say this if if it did not. Um, if it wasn't directly related to what we're talking about. Um, these women that were featured on this Miss NWO pageant were, let's just say, ladies and gentlemen, because I don't want to get, I don't want to get thrown off the interweb. Um, th- this pageant was not Miss America worthy uh, to, to say the very least. These... <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Don't delay you now. <laughs> what? The way you now was was perfect. I'm sorry. <laughs> Are you okay? You're, you're good. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, the, the way you the way you nodded just just it, it hit my funny bone. But yeah, um, the, these women were hideous. <laughs> they um they tried to pass them off as as um as like biker chicks, but these these. <laughs> They must have been found in, in the deepest, darkest trailer park in Iowa. Because they were they were absolutely hideous. And to to back up my point, since since this is not a, a visual podcast, which eventually I'm gonna have to talk to you about that because I really I really do feel like it, it would benefit these people to see our facial expressions from time to time. Hence why I burst out laughing when you when you rolled your eyes at what I just said. And I'm sure you're going to do the same here in just a minute. But uh, the reason why I, I call these women hideous, um, this is one of the first segments of the evening was was the was the DJ of the competition going going around and asking the ladies, you know, why, what they were going to do to, you know, prove that they were worthy of winning this Miss NWO pageant. And one of the ladies literally said, Felicia, which, let me, let me break this down because you might not understand that because Felicia is not a word, first of all. It's not, I, I assure you, it's, it's not in Webster's Dictionary. Felicia is. 
because this was this was even worse than some of some of what Joel Gertner has to say on ECW pay per views in two thousand. And Joel Gertner is pretty bad. Yeah, and that's saying something. I can assure you. Um, but uh, I've never I've never heard of a sex act referred to quite quite that way before, and it was disgusting. Um, but. Uh, so that's part of why I have to go on a rant because, like, like I said, you know, we're we're laughing to keep from crying over here. We're trying to entertain you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what we do here. Um, but don't get it twisted. That was disgusting, and the fact that it yeah. was done in front of a ten-year-old on live pay-per-view was fucking over the top. And uh, no, no wonder, no wonder uh, WCW went out of business, as the, as the Rock would say, because even in 1997 they were doing this kind of shit. And I'm kind of surprised they lasted another four years after sold out '97 because this pay per view was a fucking joke. And to put a bow on all of it, we have uh, Hulk Hogan versus the Giant for. Um, the WCW World Heavyweight title, and not even this match could save anything on this show. It got even eleven minutes. Um, and, and and I couldn't believe that this thing got eleven minutes. It was a complete dud, and the way that it, the way that it finished. Was Nick Patrick taking a choke slam, um, along with the other NWO members, um, and Bischoff hands Hogan a guitar, and he just beats the shit out of uh, out of the giant wizard, um, aka the Big Show, um, and then. And then to, to end to end the night, we have the the NW, NWO tag being applied to the back of of uh, the giant here. But the the thing is, ladies and gentlemen, um, I don't understand why shows like this had to exist even back in this day. Because, look, I understand the 90s was was all about pushing the envelope. And as you know, if you've listened to this show even for 10 minutes before in the past, you know that Elio and I are not the captains of the PC police. We, we keep it pretty fast and loose on this show. Um, cer- certainly not as loose as the NWO miss... Uh, miss or the miss on the miss NWO pageant. I can't even get it out of my mouth because the the imagery is too disgusting. Um, but um, you know, but we still keep it pretty cool and pretty loose on this show. Um, but I just how nobody ever like looked at the script of this show. Considering the idea of the Miss NWO pageant with women that looked like they were bred with farm animals, um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm missing something here. Um, you know, 
Because, yeah, like I, like I get it. You were trying to put it over the NWO. NWO. Uh, you were trying something new by giving a stable their own pay-per-view, and that's cool. But, if you know, but take all the extraneous stuff out of it. Like, take, take out the fact that you've called Eddie Guerrero a Mexican jumping bean. This is the same company that called him a vanilla midget. What? How he was ever in WCW for an extended period of time, I'll never know because, you know, he shouldn't have had to take that. But anyway, aside from all of that, if you just take the card at face value, and and let's let's go down let's go down this card just for just for shits and giggles. I know we we, we reviewed the matches, but just but Elio, just for shits and giggles, let's okay. let's go down. This card, and you, and you tell me if if not knowing anything that was going to happen on this show, you tell me if you think you would have found this entertaining. Okay. So okay, so we had Masahiro Chono versus Chris Jericho. What and what would you have thought of that match? I've never been a Masahiro Chono fan, so I wouldn't have cared. Okay, oh, fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Mexican Deathmatch. Big Bubba versus, versus Hugh Morris. With, a, with Jimmy a, Hart. Not a fan of Hugh Morris, uh, boss man. I I was a fan of um, so did this, uh, but uh, Mexican Deathmatch, no. Well, what was the point of that stipulation? I, don't, who, I have no who, idea. Who gives a fuck? Then we had Jeff Jarrett versus uh, Michael Jeff Wall Jeff- Street. I don't care. Buff Bagwell, Scotty Riggs. I don't care. <laughs> no, we're just we're just moving right along with this shit show, aren't right. we? Right. Um, Scott Norton, I don't care. I've never been a Scott Norton fan. The Outsiders versus Steiner Brothers. I like the Outsiders, but uh, I didn't care for this match. I wouldn't care for this match. And I like, yeah, I like Steiner Brothers and the Outsiders, but yeah. Yeah, I would I would have expected this to be the match of the night to tell you the truth. Like if I didn't know what was gonna happen, I would have been very excited with the outsiders versus the Steiner brothers. And and like I said, you know, I didn't know anything about this pay-per-view. Um, you know, because I I hadn't seen it before, um, before you so eloquently suggested it. Thank you so much for that. Said so loud, 2000 was uh, the worst paper you ever seen. I'm like, I beg to differ. Go, go watch 97. <laughs> oh, God. I wish I hadn't. But anyway, uh, US, US title liner match, Eddie Guerrero versus Six. I don't care about Six. I'm Eddie Guerrero fan. I got to see him live in 2005. That, that, was, that was pretty fun. Yeah, and um, I, I'll tell you what I would have I would have gone crazy had I been able to see Eddie, Eddie live. Uh, you know, and like I, it doesn't it doesn't matter where I was sitting because SmackDown they had that uh, that that oval screen the big screen right there and you could see Eddie Guerrero Eddie Guerrero right there on the screen uh, cutting the promo on top of the ladder. Oh uh, yeah, that was cool. With and he had the uh, Rey Mysterio's mask on top of the ladder. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he was cutting a promo to the mask. 
Yeah, it, it, it was well, that was uh, the go home show for SummerSlam. I, I, I remember specifically. Um, and the WCW World Heavyweight title. I don't care. Paul Hogan with the Dallas Cowboys and Vincent. I don't care. Oh. No. You know what? I, 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 ha- I have, I love, I like Hogan, but I hate Hogan. I liked the, the Hulkamania stuff and stuff. Like, and the interview was cool, but like after a while, it was getting too much when like, they started branching off to different uh, like yeah. factions, different groups. This person gets kicked out. This person joins. These two get kicked out. These two go off and join the Wolfpack. The Wolf. These two leave the Wolfpack going to in Hollywood. I know. Like, yeah, when when WCW became just about the NWO and you didn't have anything else to support it, um, yeah, I, I got a problem with that. Um, but yeah, you were exactly right. Everything about this pay-per-view sucked. There was not one redeeming quality. Now, Ben, why don't I tell you what we're going to review next week? Oh, God. Are you going to have me review another shitty pay-per-view? I know. This one's actually going to be quite fun. Oh, you're you're giving me a break. How how much I appreciate you for that. Oh, shit. Uh, But uh, continue. What What do you got for me? <laughs> you there? Hey, you there? We are going to be reviewing Royal Rumble 2005. Yes, and and this one was rather um this one was rather infamous because uh this was where Vince um tore both his quads while he was storming down to the ring. Uh, I still don't understand how that happened. <laughs> well, no, I think I think it happened as he was getting through the ropes. Oh, okay. And he was just being too aggressive. Well, you see what happens when you rush to get into the ring? Take your time. You're an old man. <laughs> well, you, now, but back in 2005, you No, I know, like, but I know back then, but I'm saying, like, at that time, even at that time, like, you're, you're not exactly, like, you're like you're, you're still you're getting up there. It's like yeah, you like run, then you're gonna freaking fall, and then this is what happens. He was sixty at this point, I think. I see. <laughs> but yeah, so this is this is where uh, the Royal Rumble came down to Batista and John Cena, and then we had that controversial finish. So the, mm-hmm. this is where uh, where. Um, Vince tried to come down and restart the match, and then he had the, the double quad tear, and he had to like sit down, you know, in the middle of the ring. So, All yeah, right. the, the that one's gonna be fun to to talk about. And speaking of fun, uh, Leo has a quiz for me regarding my wonderful knowledge. Now this is just a way to close out the show for the week. First of all, I had WWE posted the Zodiac signs 
for 2021, and I thought it'd be cool to see who we have a birthday with. Right. Now, your birthday, I believe, is on June 7th. Yeah, yeah, it is. And you share your birthday with, you share your zodiac sign with Bailey. Yeah, we're both uh, we're both Gemini, and I actually uh, I actually share a birthday with Mick Foley. So here's your here's what this what this says for. We all know 2020 was an emotional year, and 2021 will still be emotional. But don't let that get you down. You're in tune with your feelings and you deserve better than how you've been treated recently. In the words of Bailey, ding dong, hello. Own your oh unpredictability. Oh, God. <laughs> now, for me, my birthday's on March 12th, so my Zodiac sign I share with Shotzi Blackheart. Oh, that, that's a good one, too. What are you, what are you guys? So just like Shotzi Blackheart, you have boundless creativity and energy. Consider 2021 Robert Stone and you, Shotzi's tank, because you are about to bulldoze this year with your infectious spirit. Okay. Sure, why not? (laughs) (laughs) Can you you bulldoze the main roster at WWE television? (laughs) Now, my brother's birthdays are on November 27th, so they share theirs with Dana Brooke. Oh, those poor bastards. Uh, well, 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 consider, well, consider your, uh, your brother's unfortunate uh, relationship or connection with Dana Brooke. Revenge for one of them... Uh, Pulling you out of WrestleMania 18 early. What, what the fuck? I, I still want to talk to your brother about that. <laughs> okay, now let's move on then to this trivia because, Ben, I want to test your knowledge of the Royal Rumble. How well does Ben know the Royal Rumble? Okay. Question number one. Yeah. Who won the first Royal Rumble match? Big John Studd, Axel Jim Duggan, The Ultimate Warrior, or Hulk Hogan? I didn't even need the ultimate, uh, the uh, multiple choice on that one. That was Jim Duggan. Okay. Okay, Blank first won the Royal Rumble match from the number one entry. Rey Mysterio, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, or Ric Flair? Uh, that, I think that was Shawn Michaels. That is correct. Okay. This wrestler was the first entrant in the first women's rumble. Bailey, Trish Stratus, Sasha Banks, or Nikki Bella? Hmm. I want to say Sasha. You are correct. Yeah, Okay. Who has the most eliminations of all time? Roman Reigns, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, or Kane? Well, it's, I, th- I, I know Roman Reigns was tied with Kane at one point. I don't know if he overtook him. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, think it was, I think it was still Kane because I don't think Roman Reigns overtook him. Kane, you are correct. 
Who won the first women's Royal Rumble match? Asuka, Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, or Sasha Banks? That would have that would have had to have been Charlotte. No. Asuka. Oh, well, at least they made one solid booking decision. All right. New next question. We have two more after this. Undertaker, Triple H, and who have won from the number 30 spot? Batista, Randy Orton, John Cena, or Sheamus? Uh, John Cena. Correct. Yeah, he, he won in uh, 2008, I think. Okay, who has the most eliminations in the women's rumbles? Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax, Alexa Bliss, or Charlotte Flair? Oh, God, if it's Nia Jax, we got a fucking problem. Um, <laughs> no, I'm going to... Um, I honestly don't know, so I'm just going to guess on this one. I'm going to say uh, Charlotte Flair. You are correct. And the last question... Who is the only three-time winner? Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, Edge, or Triple H? Uh, Stone Cold, I think. Correct. You got only. You only got one question wrong. Huh. Well, I, so I did. I did pretty good. Okay, I'm. I'm curious to see this. If we entered the Rumble next weekend, what number would we draw? All right. Oh, yeah. So, I have no idea. I have the number generator right here. So do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I'll go second. All right, sir. So I will give, I will hit randomize. Wait a minute. That's, hold on. Now, should we, should we have a set interval for how long we let the generator go? Uh, we, we could. You peek how long? Just let go for like 10 seconds. Okay, so for 10 seconds, okay, let me re let me clear the history. Okay, so for 10 seconds. Right. Actually, it stops on its own. Okay. And I drew number 17. Uh huh. <laughs> All right, let's take a look at what year, what, what number you draw. Oh, oh, it's going to be a long night for you, sir. Uh-huh, let me see. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I drew number one. Oh, damn. Well, well, at least I have a better shot of winning than you do because, uh, I think I think one has drawn more winners than seventeen. All right, so that way, see, we bring the show to a close. Absolutely. All right, fans. That's been the show for this week. Uh, next week, what the Royal Rumble? Um, when are we going to do our predictions on the Friday? I believe. Uh, yeah. So, so, um, do you want to do the just the predictions on Friday, or do you want to do the entire show on Friday with the predictions? It's up to you. Which will? Uh, you know what? Let's. Yeah, let's do that. Then we then then we have Saturday. We'll be free. We we can do like whatever we want. We do our own thing. That's it. 
Okay, so Friday, um, I, I still want to do the Royal Rumble 2005. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, uh, then we'll be good, and uh, we'll just jump on right after SmackDown. Now, uh, b- before we do, I have one question for you. Uh, did you? Uh, what do you think of my of my rant regarding uh, sold out? Was it better or worse than some of my other rants? No, that was that was uh, that was uh, one of your best rants. <laughs> oh my god, it was it was fucking atrocious. But uh, with with that in mind, I hope we entertained you because I know WWE television doesn't do that on a consistent basis, especially Raw. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, with that being said, we will bid you adieu, and uh, we'll be right back here next week with your Royal Rumble 2021 predictions. All right. For Ben Pierce, man, it's always Pierce and Bears. I'm Elio Canella. Talk to you all next time. Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've waited for. You've been searching in the dark, sweat soaking through the floor. And buried in your bones, there's an ache that you can't ignore. Taking your breath, stealing your mind, and all that was real is left behind. Don't fight it, it's coming for you, running at you. It's only this moment, don't care what comes after. Your fever dream, can't you see, getting closer. Just surrender, cause you feel the feeling taking over.